Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode, I'm joined by the amazing Claire McTurnan and if you're a parent or you've ever struggled with the dynamic of trying to juggle family and business and entrepreneurship and all of those things at the same time, I think you're going to love this episode. So first of all, Claire, thanks for joining us. My absolute pleasure, Nick. Thank you for asking. Have you been on the podcast before? No. Are you sure? That's mental. No, we've tried a few times, but just trying to get it in the diary has been too tricky. So this is my first time. Well, I'm fine. I'm, I'm pleased that we finally write, we righted that wrong, for sure. Indeedy. And, and there were so many things we, we could have spoken about today because you are a multiple business owner. You're mm-hmm. also a mum and a wife and, I must say, a fan of travelling and on all sorts, you know, all yeah. over the world, uh, yeah. doing all sorts of crazy adventurous stuff. I'm like, when I see what you do for fun... I feel really boring because <laughs> when I go away on holiday, I do nothing. Um, whereas you're like really, really active. So, so um, I guess like I'm going to open with a really big, broad question. How do we even begin to balance or I don't really like the word balance. I prefer to use the term create harmony. This is something that mm-hmm. uh, my coach, Jeff Mask talks about a lot rather than work-life balance. Let's let's try and achieve work-life harmony. Um, how do we create that harmony between business, in some cases like yours and mine, multiple businesses, family, parenting, um, being a good husband or wife, health, all of that. Like how do we even begin to tackle that? Oh, thank you for asking me how to solve world peace. Like, <laughs> now I'm so glad I agreed to come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, gosh. You know, I, I suppose I don't think there is one answer, is there? It is. It differs for everybody, doesn't it? I mean, obviously, I can talk about how I attempt to find that harmony and what works for me. So a little bit of background for the majority of people who would never have heard of me prior to this point. So... Um, at the moment, today, I have, my kids are 17 and 22. So, you know, not not youngsters anymore. But at the point I first came out of corporate life to start my first business, they were 6 and 11. They were both at primary school. So I've been on my entrepreneurial journey as they've transitioned through various life stages themselves. And they both have quite significant challenges which has made school a bit tricky the so they've definitely needed a fair bit of my time the so how have I found harmony with that I suppose I I think the thing I ended up doing well and I've only appreciated this in hindsight and when you talk to other people so as a business coach I'm often talking to people who are struggling with that balance themselves and then it makes me realize oh okay maybe I I have been gifted in the way I can manage this kind of thing is I I kind of put them first and I don't mean that in a cliche yeah of course kind of a way but it's like they're at school so I know what the requirements are when they're at school so drop off pickup 
when parents' evenings are, when I need to go in and have numerous conversations with various teachers. So I always manage my diary around that. So I'd put that in, work out how many client sessions I needed to hit target that month, put those in, and then worked out what space I had left to do everything else I needed to do. Whereas I find most people probably do it slightly more sort of like ad hoc, shall we say, and just kind of let it happen. And that's when I think people run into challenges with it and it can get really overwhelming. So I kind of, I am naturally quite structured. The, uh, my kids both have ADHD, so they love structure. So it that has helped. But I, I suppose I took control of it. There's never going to be enough time. So I took control of the time I had and made it work. Hey, real quick, if you've been listening to the Empire Builders podcast for any length of time, you'll know that I do not run ads on this podcast. And what you should also know about me is that I only partner with companies who I absolutely 100% believe in. And so I'm making an exception because of my partnership and my loyalty to Keep. So since 2010, I've been using Keep, which was previously known as Infusionsoft, to automate all the sales and marketing in my business, deliver world-class experience to my clients, run e-commerce reports, manage affiliates, partners, and loads more. I really believe that Keep is the best CRM on the planet for small businesses, for entrepreneurs that are building their empire. Many of my guests on this podcast use it and pretty much all of my closest friends in the industry also use it. That should speak volumes. So uh, Infusionsoft recently rebranded to Keep, K-E-A-P, and what they've also done is brilliantly made it even more affordable, even more usable for businesses that are at different stages of their journey. So to go and get a free demo, all you need to do is go to keep.com, that's K-E-A-P, keep.com forward slash empire builders. And by using that link, I've negotiated the best possible deal for Empire Builders subscribers. So go to keep.com forward slash Empire Builders. You get a free demo, and when you go through that unique link, it means you'll get the best possible deal because you're a subscriber to this podcast. So let's get back to the show. Yeah, and you've just used like one of my favorite words, which is structure. Um, and I think, you know, what, what you've just shared there um, to underline it is that clearly creating a structure for managing your time with family, with clients, with team members, running your business, et cetera, et cetera, um, is going to be helpful. I think what you just shared, which I think is really important, is that you start with, or you started, and this is not, of course, you know, Claire's way is not the way, and my way is not the way either. Yep. Um, but you started with, right, what structure do my family need, specifically my daughter's need, around their education and school, let's put that in first because that's most important. That's your number one priority. And then let's make sure everything else fits around it. Whereas I think you're right. I think what what a lot of people do, what I've certainly been guilty of um, and why I'm so interested to um, ask you these questions today is uh, my structure is actually really, historically it's been led by the needs of my businesses 
And then I go, right, and if there's an opportunity whereby I can do school drop-off or pick-up or any of those other things, then I kind of fit them around. Um, and it's actually, it's funny that we're having this conversation because it's something that I've made a conscious and deliberate uh, decision around as we come into this new year, into 2022, so that I'm able to, um, and it might not sound a lot, um, but for me it is, it's like that I can do school run at least once a week. Now that might not sound a lot, but when you've never, like literally, I could count on one hand how many times I've done that, um, you know, like each year I might do it a couple of times when when Nat, my wife, needs me to and she's not around or able to do it. Like that's quite big for me. And and what's cool is like when I told Ty's my youngest, he's eight, he was like buzzing, he was so excited. Zach's like 12, nearly 13. He's a lot less bothered. He gets the bus to school anyway, so it's pretty much just dropping him at the bus stop at the end of the road. But um, like that made me realise like how important it actually is for them and for me as well. Um, so yeah, I, I, look, I'm still learning. Um, I, I think the reason I'm fascinated, Claire, by how you've done it, and look, I know this is probably probably a bit of a stereotype, but I do think it's different for mums than dads. Yeah, I agree. Not always, not mm-hmm. always. You know, people have different dynamics and different setups. But like my dynamic, my setup is like I am primarily focused on the business, and that is primarily focused on the family, and that's not right or wrong or good or bad it's just how we how we chose to design our lives and i think for 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 a lot of mums that's harder to manage the business and the family thing so i'm I'm, you know i I certainly take my hat off to to anyone who even attempts to deal with that i mean you know (laughs) my 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 mum bless her um you know she was from from the a i would have been three or four, when her and my dad split up, she became a single parent. She had a corporate career, long hours, and, like, that is hard. So, you know, I guess I've not experienced it as a parent personally, but I've certainly experienced it in growing up. Like, hats off to anyone that even attempts to tackle this. And I don't think you're ever going to get it right all of the time either. Um, Yeah. And there's one thing having talked to numerous clients over the years and the difference between my male clients and my female clients. And again, this is going to be massively stereotypical. And instead of saying mum, I'm going to try and say the main parent. So my observation is there tends to be a main parent that does more of the children thing. So majority of the time, it does happen to be the mum, but I do know some dads that also take that role. So let's say the main parent. Yeah, and that's that's spot on because it's not a male female thing. It's not a mum dad thing. It's just who occupies that role as the main parent. And of course, like it could be that there's you are the one and only parent you're seeing. Yeah. It might be that there's two parents same sex. It's, it's irrelevant. Yeah. Who? Yeah. And by the way, sometimes it will be both parents share equally the responsibility. And so there isn't a main parent, but invariably, I think in probably 80 to 90% of the cases, there probably is a main parent. And in my understanding is in your family, that's you. Yeah, I would say it is. Whether my husband would agree, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) He's not in the house, so I can't ask him. um, So it's like if we take the build up to Christmas as such a classic example of the difference when you're the main parent, because 
so you know obviously we've got the daily stuff like getting them out to school have they got lunch money have they done homework are they dressed appropriately so you've got the normal morning stuff the um and we're in sixth form now so we get that discussion about actually i think that skirt's a bit too short and all that kind of fun stuff there uh, but then you've also got oh have i sorted out all the christmas presents and have i told so and so we can't get to that party and you know and there's the the school christmas stuff that's got to be organized like the presents for the teachers the have we bought the raffle tickets yet have we told them we can turn up for that christmas concert if we're not in covid zone and there's so much extra stuff that, that main parent is carrying in their head and the number of main parents i see hit the wall when they're trying to run businesses and do that in that sort of like mid-november to, to christmas run-up is extreme and it's just like it does take up a lot of headspace and well, I, as, as you're talking about this now, like I've just got even more appreciation and respect for, well, first of all, my wife and the main parent who might be listening to this, who also juggles business or career. It's it's like because because none of the things you just said, like I understand them all, but they're not in my they're not in my mind. They're not in my world. They're not even like they. Yeah. They just happen magically, automatically. They're taken care of, and I don't know anything about it. And yeah. but they, but they don't. The point is, they don't. Somebody has to think about that stuff. Yeah, and it's funny. So, like an insight into my married life. So, my husband is ace. I am blessed with a very supported husband. We've been married for twenty something years. You know, like, and he's been with me through my entrepreneurial journey. Like, so he's 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 excellent. But he is typical not the main parent you know so he gets up he thinks about what he's doing at work that day and he may or may not leave the house to go to work at the moment but then when he finishes work he does tend to cook the dinner which is great but that'll be the most he'll think about is what we're having for dinner the rest of the thing that goes on just passes him by and every now and then like most main parents i'll hit the overwhelm wall and i have a bit of a meltdown at him and I'll list all these things. And he does what you just did and went, oh, God, I had no idea. And then he'll feel guilty. So then for a few days, he'll try and do stuff. But I suppose I, I accept that I'm quite good at juggling lots of stuff. So it just makes sense that I naturally deal with all of that. And, you know, and that differs. That's a personality type thing for me. So that's going to differ for every main parent to how well they can deal with all of that complexity. But, I mean, it can be funny. I use my businesses as kind of like my anchor, my bit of normality, where there's all this other stuff going on that I just know for X number of hours, I'll just sit down and get on with normal business stuff which inevitably is never that normal, but I'll just sit down and do that. And that it's almost like a form of meditation because it's not the family life bit that's also going on. I know it sounds mad, doesn't it? Hopefully think, people will resonate. <laughs> I think what you just said in a roundabout way is that the family life is so chaotic that the business by comparison is kind of normal and manage manageable, yeah. um, which is and weird. I, yeah, and it's within my gift to control, you know, self-confessed control freak. But it is, isn't it? How many hours I put in, the results I get, they're a reflection of my actions. So that is totally within my ability to control and influence. Family life, I can 
influence, but it's not always in my control. I can't control when the school decides to ring like they did just now. You know, it's like, and I tell you a really funny EE story. The first time I went to one of the big EEs, I think it was May 2018. For our newer listeners, this is our Expert Empire's flagship event, which Claire has spoken at. Twice. The So I was there, you know, relative newbie, and I managed to have a seat right in the front row, access all areas, front row. And there I was looking up, and it happened to be Andy Harrington on stage doing his, you know, how you pitch from the stage masterclass. And partway through, my phone starts ringing. It was on silent. And obviously, you look down as, as you do. And it was my youngest daughter. And it was just coming up to four o'clock, which is the end of school. And I was like, oh, my God, why is she phoning? So I, being the good mum I am, I decline a call, thinking she'll ring her dad. It will be fine. He'll know to pick up because he knows I can't. Two minutes later, she starts phoning again. And I feel like I have no choice. I have to get up, middle of Andy's stuff and walk out of the room to answer my phone and that's the life as a main parent isn't it I've been running events and had school issues and it is it is just that is how it is and you just have to roll with it if you if you worry too much about those kind of situations you wouldn't plan any events would you and you would just well it'd be a very different business you'd be selling you know, widgets online, wouldn't you? Because it wouldn't need those dates and, and being on stage and that to actually generate your income. But it can be funny. I try and always see the funny side. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and I think, you know, it, it's a great example, actually, of the dilemmas that we're normal, that we often get, or, you know, the main parent in this case might, might often be faced with. It's like, right, I've now got a, a decision I've got to make in the moment. It's not something I can really have planned for. Um, so in the moment, I've got to decide, in your case, do I stand up and walk out of this seminar, which might look a little bit rude? Yeah. Or do I red button my daughter, which I don't know what's going on? Like, n- neither of those two things are favourable. So you've kind of got to go with the lesser of two evils. And obviously, you know, you're going to prioritise your family, rightfully so. Um, but I think those situations, it, it's it's been... First of all, it's being okay with that and going, there are times where I'm going to have to do things or say things or make decisions that might not be popular or might cast me in a negative light, or but I've got to do it. And some and sometimes, by the way, that's answering the call at an inappropriate moment. Sometimes it's not answering the call at an inappropriate yeah. moment. And there's sacrifices on both sides. I think that the thing that I see a lot of, Claire, and, and you know, again, I, I'm, I, I, when we have conversations like this, I just realise how lucky and how fortunate I am um, because of the, the structure that, you know, the family structure that I have. But I think I see so many parents, both main parents, and I suppose if we're going to go with that uh, way of describing it, then you've probably got the main parent, the secondary parent, or, or whatever you would call it. I think so many parents beat themselves up um and you know i think i've done this to a certain extent like either on one side it's we beat ourselves up because we're not working hard enough we're not putting enough hours in we're not you know showing up enough for the clients or if you've got a team like i have i'm not giving them enough attention and focus or i'm doing that and i'm not present enough 
for a family. I'm not, you know, making sure that I, you know, I'm there in the mornings to take them to school or or in the afternoon to pick them up or, you know, or or I miss certain things occasionally and I beat myself up over that. Um, And like I said, I mean, I'm probably like, way more way i probably get away with that way more and i don't suffer as much as some people do i mean i can't even i can't even begin to imagine what a single parent must go through yeah i agree that's that's another world another level so so what what advice would you give to someone who and i think all parents certainly all parents uh, who are business owners entrepreneurs probably all parents that work have this to a certain degree what what advice would you give to someone who's stuck in that like i constantly feel like i'm failing in one or the other or worst both of these areas the i suppose get clear on what you do need to achieve like you know like from a software development viewpoint they'll talk about the minimum viable product, but it's almost like in in life, it's like, what's the minimum viable output I need to achieve today from a parenting viewpoint, from a work viewpoint, from a me viewpoint, and work out the best way to tick those three boxes to try and find that balance, isn't it? And it will change for everybody. I mean, I'm rubbish at the finding time for me bit, but I'm, I'm okay with that because if I can be present for the family, then the me bit is fine because I'm ticking that box. So what I used to focus on, well, and I still do, is if I'm really on it in the hours I can be because the kids are at school or uni or whatever, then my reward is I get to be with them and they don't get punished for my inefficiency. So if I've blown my day because I've allowed Facebook to just suck my attention for three hours and called it work, then that means once I've picked them up, I'm going to have to carry on working. Now, I can argue that, oh, they're doing homework, it's fine. Or, you know, I can find some excuse to excuse it. But ultimately, that's my screw up and they're paying the price. So I just try and be really focused on making the most of that time I've got when they're not there. So I can be fully with them when they are here and they want to be fully with me being 17 and 22. Obviously, that's less now. The um, so it's it's balancing that, especially when they were younger, and like you know, holiday, like um, you know, school holidays, and having to juggle that. I'd just try and be super on it. If I had two hours to work, I'd be like a blimmin', you know, whirlwind superhero, killing every email and getting it done, because that's how I gave the best to them by maximizing that time. And it also, you know, it brought in the money, it paid for the holidays. You know, it it was a lovely self-fulfilling philosophy. And I think that's probably, that's really, really smart advice in all areas. So like, if you're going to be spending two hours or three hours or four hours or whatever it is on the business, on work, on serving clients and whatever it is that's required today, then go all in on it for that one, two, three, four hour period. Then when there's a requirement for you to be mum or dad or show up for family, be all that. I think where, where a lot of the, um, what the cha- a lot of the challenges or, or, or issues where they come up is when you're trying to half do both. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, look, I know I've been guilty of this. I'm sure most of the people listening have at some point. 
like where I'm with the family, but I'm not really with the family. I'm not fully present. And, and by the way, how, how effective can I be doing work stuff when I'm with my family? Not very. Yeah. How good a dad can I be when I'm half doing work stuff? Not very. So I'm kind of failing in both areas. Whereas I think your advice is very, very smart, which is when you're, you know, when you're on work stuff, be at it a hundred percent. And, you know, like you said, if you've got two hours, you would be like absolutely all over it for two hours. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's um, how most people are wired is like, you know, we operate best uh, when there's tension or a deadline or something, yeah. you know, like way to get somebody super focused is have a deadline. We've been doing this since we were kids. You know, I'm sure uh, your kids, my kids are the same and they've got a project that's got to be done by a deadline. Most people, not all, but most tend to work up to that deadline. So I think giving yourself one of those kind of self-imposed deadlines, I've got two hours today and here's what I've got to achieve in these two hours, let's get at it, is probably quite smart um, because the more the more tension you've got, the more of a deadline there is, the more likely you are to be effective, efficient. Um, same thing for spending time with the family. It's like, hey, I've, I've only got this, you know, this little window right now uh, of time where I'm going to be spending time with significant other husband in your case wife in mine kids like i'm gonna make the absolute most of it and make that commitment i think that's really really um important um something that i've been i've been talking quite a lot about this with with clients of ours recently um certainly clients who are maybe they haven't built a huge company yet but they're also not kind of at the right right the beginning they're kind of somewhere in the middle um uh, we've been talking a lot about the concept of the correlation or not of the amount of time you put into your business versus the amount of success you experience. That, and of course, there's a number of ways to measure that success. One of them, not the only one, but one of them is financial success. And so like, I think there's a narrative which it's funny, isn't it? I think if you, like 10 or 15 years ago, the narrative was, you know, easy, set it all up on autopilot, get rich quick. The narrative maybe now is more hustle, grind, you know, a lot of the top kind of social media influences, et cetera. That's their narrative. That's what they talk about. And I don't think either of those things are necessarily accurate. Um, I'm really exploring this myself at the moment. I'm going, the, the bigger our businesses get, the more I'm realizing that actually there is not a direct correlation between the amount of hours I put in and the financial reward or the amount of success we experience. But I think that's something that I only really just started to get my head around recently. So what, what's your thought on that? I totally agree. Totally, totally agree. And I mean, what you've just touched upon is the whole 80% of your reward is going to come from 20% of your actions, isn't it? And it comes down to working out which 20% because we can all be busy continually. I used to always say to clients, you know, it's just as hard running a struggling business as it is to run a successful one, but one of them's a lot more fun than the other. Which one do you want? You know, and it's like you say, it's not the time, is it? It's to me, it's that clarity on which actions count. So when I'm trying to be like super on it for whatever reason, I've got a set amount of time. I have to be really clear on what's the objective and what actions are going to get me there. So for instance, if it was 
I had an event coming up and I needed to get bums on seats. Once that date for the event is in place, you just work backwards. So I'd know, right, this week I've got to get landing page done, you know, and those main bits. The following week, it was pushing it out. The week after that, nailing the conversations, then I could chill because I hit the target. So it just made me focus really hard on not wasting my time on the other stuff. It's got to be, what is the one thing I can do today that will make tomorrow a lot better, that will step me towards that goal? And it's not spending hours on Facebook. It's not answering all those important emails that really don't need answering today. And that's a real, I think that is a talent in itself, isn't it? Managing that inner behavior to allow yourself to get distracted because it's usually a comfort zone thing isn't it we don't want to push ourselves out into a position where success has to happen like filling an event is a very public way to fall flat on your face if you don't get it right so you've got to be really committed to it and manage that inner subconscious dialogue that will pull you away from taking those big steps and I think I was quite switched on to that. I knew I could tell when my body was trying to distract me and I'd give myself a bit of a reality slap and get on with it. Yeah, I, th- I think you, you've touched on it a few times. Well, you've, you've said the words, you know, wasting time on Facebook as an example. And of course, there's loads of different things other than Facebook that could be a distraction or could could sap your time. What, what I've certainly found, I don't know if Claire, uh, if you found this or you you would agree, the busier I've become the better I've become at protecting my time. Mm. So there, there was, for, I'll give you a silly little example. There was a time where um, I was getting busier and busier and I was like, I haven't got any time to invest in like my learning, my development, my growth. Um, and then I, I kind of realized actually that there is time. I just never... There was never enough tension to force me to yeah. find it, to look for it. So I, I started exploring where's my dead time. So I've talked about this a lot on the podcast before. So like driving to and from the gym, driving to and from the office, that all total, that's probably the best part of an hour, that 45 minutes to an hour a day. That's my listen to podcasts, listen to audio books, um, make phone calls to people that I need to connect with, but I haven't got the time during the day because I'm, I'm slammed, I'm back to back. I've certainly learned that the busier I've become, the more effective, efficient I've become with my time. And I think um, that's, I was, if I look back, like early on in my career, I, I was wasting so much time or maybe maybe not wasting. I wasn't using my time as effectively as I could. And I think, you know, ultimately, the more you can become obsessive about being efficient and effective, yeah in the time you do have, the, the easier the easier things are going to be for you. Um, something you mentioned earlier as well, Claire, I want to chat about is, is this, you know, we've, we've talked about time for the business. We've talked about, uh, which of course within that could be working on projects, tactical things. It could be managing your team. It could be serving clients. It could be sales activity. There's a whole host of activities that could be working on or in the business. Then you've got family time. Um, What about time for you? How important do you think that is? Um, And how do you balance or or how do you create harmony with that as well? Really good questions. I suppose for me, 
I think as my children have got older, it's been a bit easier to find the time for me. Mm-hmm. The it also, there was a point where I started working part time. The I can't remember where it was that must be made about six years ago. I started working part time and purposely taking a day off. It was a Thursday to have the day to myself, just to rest the brain, catch up on the mum chores, life admin, as one of my friends calls it. You know, and just gave myself a day to do that, a day where the dog would be with me and not a doggy daycare, so we'd walk. And that started creating that space. The In the last year, well, since COVID started, actually, we've got into stand-up paddleboarding. I love it. I'm rubbish at it. For me, it's sit-up paddleboarding. The, um, but I love just being out on the water, even if it's the really disgusting-looking canal that you most certainly don't want to fall in. Just being on the water is... It's just fab. It's hard to explain, but, and I love that. Um, we go to Cornwall a lot, walking on the beaches and stuff. So as I've got older, I've needed. You bought a lovely house in Cornwall recently, didn't you? Yeah, we did um, just over a year ago. Oh my God, it's amazing. I love it. And it's just that escape. It's pure escapism. Yeah. The So as I've got older, I've appreciated I need that time more. And I don't know whether that's normal. It's something that maybe comes with age and as your kids get a bit older, so you feel like you can generate that space. I think how, I mean, it is definitely important, no matter how old you are, but the impact of not having it probably varies a bit with age and person, you know, like everybody is going to be a bit different there, but I am just rubbish. I'm so much a working mum that either I'm working or I'm a mum. Do you know what I mean? I'm not a good working me mum kind of trilogy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I suppose, you know, everyone's different. And, and as I said right at the start of this episode, this is not for me or you, us, to say you should do it this way. I think, honestly, I mean, as we've talked, and it's been interesting for me to listen to your point of view, because obviously your setup and mine are pretty different. Like, for me, I... I've probably, and there's pros and cons to this as well, I've probably been quite selfish, if I'm being really honest, um, because I do carve out time for me and it's it's like there is no negotiation on it. So, you know, in the morning between 6.15 when I get up and like 9.30 when I get to the office, like that's my time for gym and you know and getting ready and getting to the office and and studying and listening to audiobooks and all that sort of thing and you might be listening to this and going well it's all right for you Nick. you haven't got to get the two kids to school or, or whatever and so i'm really respectful of that as well uh, and i i i really believe that the, the the time working on you is really important so i don't know where that fits or how it fits the point that you made right at the start claire is You've got to look at the structure that's required. And look, family does come first. You've got to put the structure in place first for that and then go, right, where does the time for me come from? And like I said, because of the setup that we have and and how we structure our lives, I have that time between 6.15 and 9.30 to to do that. And then it's business focus. And, you know, from kind of 6 p.m. onwards is family focus. And that's, um, and by the way, one, one of the best things I ever did, I stopped doing events at weekends. That's yeah, one of the best things I ever did because it, it took over my life, and and again, I was probably in the the grind hustle mentality, um, and there was definitely some beliefs I had about well, you know, if, if I don't do events at weekends, then 
people are less likely to come. And I just went, you know what? It's not worth it. And especially, funnily enough, as my kids got older. So, you know, when my oldest dad was a baby, it was much easy. It didn't really, you know, yeah. there, was no, there was no structure necessary. It was like I could spend time with Nat and him weekday, weekend. It was irrelevant. As they've got older, obviously the kids are at school in the week and at the weekend, like, and of course, um, as you know, probably because you've heard me talk about it, they're both keen footballers. So we have matches, both of them play a match Saturday morning, both of them play a match Sunday morning. I wouldn't miss it for the world. I, I probably I probably miss like one weekend, maybe two a year or something. I'm pretty, you know, uh, obviously I can't get to every game because they're both happening simultaneously normally. Yeah. But carving that time out and making my weekends like they are sacred. They do not get disrupted. Um, there's there's extreme circumstances where that's not necessarily the case, but that that and again, I suppose somebody listening to this could take that, and it doesn't have to be a weekend. It could be anything, but create that time. So I've literally got two days out of seven every week where like literally I almost completely switch off from anything business related. I probably do an hour over the weekend where I like, okay, I've got to do this in prep for the next week, but that's it. And I think, again, the word that's, that you said a few times and that, you know, it's one of my favorite words is, is structure and having that in place. And in, in some respects, the structure that's imposed upon us as parents of school starts at this time, ends at this time. In my case, football matches happen at this time and training happens at that time. That, in a way, it does help actually because it means that you can then build your plans for your business, time for you around that structure. Whereas when there isn't a structure, it's, as you said earlier, it's it, it's quite easy to fall into the trap of it being ad hoc and chaotic. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like you don't want to let life happen to you, do you? So, you know, you've got all this stuff you need to fit in, whether it's the kids' sporting activities. And my eldest is a major hockey player. So I was, like you, major sidelines parent. Yeah, so it's like, what's going to make me feel happiest, most fulfilled, least guilty in, in my week this week? So let's prioritise that time. Then out of what I've got left, what's the biggest impact I can make for the business in that time, isn't it? And it's just about being really mindful of that and not just letting it happen and you wake up and suddenly realise the whole of January has gone and you haven't got to the numbers and then you start beating yourself up but it's just flipping it around isn't it this is what i the the resource i have for this month how can i best play it i used to say to my clients it's i, I don't gamble so this is probably a terrible analogy but it's like you're at a roulette wheel and you've got a load of time chips and it's up to you where you're going to place those bets and that's going to differ for everybody there is no right and wrong but it's your choice how they get placed and I know there's going to be some people listening to this going, oh, my God, but every week just something comes up and happens and blows my diary. I get it. But you know how consistently that's happening. So allow for it. Never fully book. But you've got to use, let's say, for argument's sake, 40 hours of work time a week if you know one day of that is never going to happen. Then allow yourself to only book four days of time into your diary because you know you need some level of flexibility because some kind of crap always comes from the sidelines. You know, it's it, you have control of that. Yeah, Clay, you said a word that I think is 
probably up there with structure as one of the most important words that has come out of your mouth uh, so far in this episode. Um, and I'm amazed it took this long to come up. Guilty. Oh, God. Yeah, that totally. Is like if I could sum up what I feel uh, like most parents, business owners, entrepreneurs experience, that one word, that emotion summarizes the, the whole topic we're talking about here. It's, uh, I've called it beating yourself up earlier, but really it's guilt. It's guilt that we're, that I'm not spending enough time with family or I'm not doing enough, uh, you know, contributing enough. And so I'm leaving it to my husband, wife, partner, uh, or I'm not, I'm guilty because I'm not doing enough on the business. I, I mean, you know, Claire, my philosophy around um, what you called earlier life admin. Um, like I had to deal with the guilt quite early on in my career of I don't have the bandwidth for that. If I'm going to grow a successful group of companies and be a great dad, both of which I failed miserably at at certain points throughout this journey, then I have to get rid of that. And, you know, so those that are listening that have built up a business that has the cash flow and the profitability in order to be able to hire people, getting the what I call 10 pound tasks. I think we've done a whole episode on this earlier. Uh, getting the 10 pound tasks off your plate is, is absolutely critical. Um, but even that I felt guilty about at first, I had to tackle the guilt of what. So essentially what I'm saying is I'm now too important or too good to do these <laughs> not important things. So I'm going to pay somebody some money to do it for me. Like that, that was a real issue for me to get over um, many, many years ago. And, and I realized that I couldn't be successful business owner, dad, husband, and person doing all this crap. Mm -hmm. So I decided to hire somebody to do all the crap. Um, and, you know, that there, there was a whole guilt complex that I had going on around that. But once I got over it, it was one less thing that would distract me or grab my attention away from my primary roles in look i've got three primary roles in life ceo husband dad and they're not in any particular order it's those three everything else can kind of fall in line behind it and i think um i think one of the things that that i do we do every year is when we do our goal setting process it's not just what we want to achieve it's what roles we want to prioritize this year um and then of course the goals that are associated to them kind of follow in hand so yeah, yeah I, th I think that that life admin thing and time with family and time with clients or suppliers or team all of the above it's uh, yeah it's, it's tough to balance so you've got to look at what i call the 10 pound task the things that yeah. you can give to somebody else that cost you a relatively low amount of money and you don't have to be the one doing them like you can't outsource, nor would you want to, go into a hockey match. I can't outsource, nor would I want to, go into one of my son's football matches. Um, it wouldn't be the same. So you've got to prioritise these things. Yeah. Um, I call it, like, entrepreneurial, uh, the entrepreneurial curse, yeah. isn't it? Like, as we go through this, partnering with the guild is that feeling that you're never doing well enough, which you touched on earlier, isn't it? And it's because we're always striving for more. 
And I suppose as I've got older, I make it sound like I'm near retirement. Hopefully I'm not quite yet. But as I've got older, I've got better at reflecting, going, you know what? You did do really good. Yes, you want to do better. But actually where you are, you've done really well to get to where you are. You know, and I've, you know, maybe I feel like I might have felt like I've done really well to carve out some time one week to do something special with the kids or or whatever it is. It's like just to you've got to enjoy the journey, as cliched as that is, because you can't constantly beat yourself up because you you've got the entrepreneurial curse of trying to get better. Yeah, hundred percent. I think we don't. Why is it we're so quick to beat ourselves up or go to a place of guilt? Yet extreme, the polar opposite, extremely slow to go to a place of acknowledgement or, you know, let's, let's feel good about something that I did that, that was positive. I think that there's something that just came up for me as well, Claire, and almost every human being on the planet is guilty of this. Comparisons. Oh, looking, God, yeah. Looking at that dad or mum who is, I from what I can see, it looks like they're doing a better job than me or that business owner over there who seems to have it all together. And it's just never, it's never going to be helpful because it's always going to cause you to feel shit, to feel guilty, to like those comparisons just aren't helpful. Now, does that mean that it's not helpful to seek advice from other people that are, you know, that have, that have mastered something? No, of course not. And, you know, I ask advice from my peers and friends all the time who are, business owners, entrepreneurs that have been in the game longer than I have. It's quite common for me to go, well, how, how, you know, how do you manage this issue in business around, you know, the fact that you've got family to take care of and all these other things, but it's, it's the comparison and the constant seeking external like validation or looking externally for a, a benchmark to compare ourselves against. It, that is a very, very quick way to be guilty and miserable most of the time. It's like, if I could share this, so I don't think, you know, I am Mrs. Average, you know, um, um, in front of me is a wall full of family photos and like quotes on postcards. And there's one of them about don't be beige, you know, it's okay to stand out. And I think I am a little bit beige. You know, I'm certainly not the most polarizing person you're ever going to meet. I'm not a polarizing business coach. There's certain key things I believe in and I'll talk passionately about, but I'm not, you know, if you put me on stage, I can hopefully hold the audience and stuff, yeah. but I'm not a big high energy. Da, 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 da. And I remember you saying to me once after I've spoken at one of the EEs and you're going, but there's some people in the audience that don't want high energy. And, you know, and you don't realize even when you just did their reeling off facts, which don't feel like particularly inspirational. How many people are sat listening that are going to come up afterwards and tell you how inspired they were by it? You know, I'm just like, I'm just a working mum, getting on with my little thing and helping some people along the way, which pays the bills, you know? And it's like, even when you're having your worst day, there's other people that would look at you and go, God, what you're achieving is inspirational. And I think, you know, for everybody that's on that expert journey, Everybody's doing great. You are doing great. It's just your natural entrepreneurial self that's beating you up. It doesn't mean that's the reality, isn't it? It's that kind of thing, if that makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. My, my advice on this would be, like, comparing yourself to people outside of you is never helpful. But comparing yourself to where you've been 
and see how far you've come often is because that that will hopefully um you know give you the license or the permission to feel like you're making progress and to feel like you're doing a better job than you were before and no one's ever going to be perfect so um you know what i have really enjoyed this episode like it's gone in a whole host of different directions that i hadn't anticipated i haven't even asked all the questions that i was planning on asking you um but this has been really great and uh, i really hope that um those that are listening um whether you're uh, what do we call it? Primary parent? No, what do we call it? Main. Main, main parent. Whether you're a main parent, secondary parent, single parent, not a parent, but you might be in the future. Um, what, whatever it is, whatever your role is, I, I hope there's been something, some nuggets, some 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 parts of this last, what, 45, 50 minutes that has, that has helped you support you, giving you a different perspective, because I do think this is an area that isn't spoken about enough. There's so many, and look, I'm guilty of it. So many of our podcast episodes are about growing your business. And actually, we probably don't pay anywhere near enough attention to how you deal with all of the other things in your life that, that have to also be considered. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear from people that are listening to this episode. Tell me what you think. Um, we'll get Claire back on. I'll start asking more questions like this to my other guests as well. Um, because yeah, I've really enjoyed exploring this. It's certainly been helpful and beneficial to me. It's been kind of like a therapy session in some <laughs> respect, just kind of like talking about this. I don't really talk about this stuff very often at all because you know it's uh, it's not kind of my my normal content structure or, or content type. So um, yeah, I think this has been really fascinating and interesting. And thanks, Claire, for sharing the time and giving your perspective as a as a mum business owner, entrepreneur. Um, I know that you, of course, right now you're working closely with various members of your family in a big family business. Um, there's all sorts of things going on for you um, that are really exciting, of course. And uh, so, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time out to spend with me here on Empire Builders. My absolute pleasure, Nick. I've loved it. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Thanks everyone for tuning in. See you soon. Take care. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.